so good. G'day guys, how are we doing? Leon here from Body by Leon for another fantastic podcast. And we've got two great guests today. We have Alex Thomas in the right hand corner. Hey guys. On the right wing today. And we got Paul Hooper. How you going? I'm going good, mate. You're how good? you going? I'm going good. Yeah, yeah. Good. thanks for asking. That's all right. Alex? I'm good, thanks, Dad. Right. How are you, man? Yeah, You're well? I'm always good, always good. How's the weekend, boys? Good? Very good. It was yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, beautiful weather. Love this time of year. Awesome, isn't it? Mm. Great but, weather. And but, I knocked out some study, which was cool. Study? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah really cool, hey? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it helps me for today. Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. Well, I, I've come prepared. There you I, go. I'm, I'm just trying to put it all together. Hey, you just said I just um, I just had a, had a great weekend and I studied. Yeah. So, anyway. Did you get anything better than that, Paulie? <laughs> did you do anything good? You, did you go down the beach or... No, I didn't go to the beach. What did I yeah. do? Oh, no, I went to he a... Had, he, he just had a great weekend and they would have done either. Yeah. <laughs> I supported a charity, d- the deadlifting competition. Charity. Oh, you did too. Yeah. Actually, it was good. And your team cleaned up too. They give, did. Give, they made the podium. Yeah. Give them a plug. Yeah. Uh, Serenity and um, Crystal come second and third. Yeah. Awesome. First first time. They've lifted heavy and did well. Power to weight ratio was awesome. Actually, I watched that actually and I thought, yeah, one of your girls was pulling a 140. Who beat that? Yeah. Uh, it was a girl from Sim City. She pulled 167. 167. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Sumo. Yeah. Wow. What was she weighing? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Irrespect. That's it a doesn't big, matter. A big, it's a big lift, number. Isn't it? Yeah, mm. big number. Yeah, no worries, fellas. Mm. Well, let's get this show on the road. So today we're going to chat about all things diet in the way that why are clients not getting results? Now, we're, we're in 2019 now. There should be no reason. There, there's coaches, there's YouTube, there's education everywhere. There, there's data, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of science-based education going around. Why are people still failing to come into condition regarding whether we're talking stage or just the general public. So I might start with you, Paulie. Hmm. Let's, um, you, you, you started and you tell me, what, what have you found of recent? What have you been finding that, let, let's, let's go beyond the obvious of someone's not hitting their food, not hitting their calories, yep. they're cheating on their diet. That's a bit obvious. Let's, hmm. let, let's, let's go a little bit beyond that. What have you found of recent? Um, well, look, there's a number of variables that could be considered in, in this sort of scenario, you know, um, and, and I think it's important to mention that this applies not only to contest prep, but just generally people who want to diet and, and are regimental with their diet. But um, a, a lot of the time, stress plays a major role, I've found. Um, and often when I start a new client on a contest prep or even just a, a dieting phase, I'll talk to them about their external pressures work-life balance um do they have the support from their family at home their partners you know if you don't have that um as i say like the, all the ducks in a row chances are when it gets to the nitty-gritty end of a, a dieting phase or contest prep in particular these stresses can can take its toll and the body's just not going to play games yeah it's pretty important when you do start a new client you need to you need to become detective don't you mm. you've got to ask the questions you and, and i guess if anyone they're looking for a coach as well and and you go on a, you know you ha- have their first consult you know it's pretty important that that you understand that that, that coach you, you hope that they do ask several questions oh. to get to get your background to get your insight and if someone wants to start contest prep and all of a sudden that the coach fails to ask the question they find out the clients come to them on a thousand calories and they've got a 16 week prep ahead of them and they've got 10 kilos to lose <laughs> dun, dun, dun. disaster it, yeah. it is yeah. isn't it yeah make it worse than better yeah, hundred percent, Alex. What what have you found of recent? You've been in the game for a little while now. You're Mister Scientist over here. You have all the inside goss, all the data. So, um, uh, I would say like it, there's so many things, and to touch on what Paul said before, like if we talk about tra- uh, stress, there's a number of ways that stress will impact people uh, differently, individually, specifically. So, uh, when we look at say, uh, like just data 
and the science of itself, we know that genetics accounts for basically 30% of non-responders in mean data. So if we look at, say, caffeine works, and we look at caffeine studies, we see that uh, 70% or 66% of those will have like positive responses for people, but there's 30% that actually don't have a good response. So even though we say on the whole, like for the mean and the average, caffeine has a really good uh, effect on people, we know that there's actually 30% of non-responders. So typically genetics accounts for the non-response. So even like protocols that we see with people always being effective, that's a generalization uh, first and foremost. And then when we, when we understand that sort of, I guess, if we then split the remaining positive response down the middle, there's like an average response and then there's a really, really good response from there. And that's why it sort of skew things in favor of a po positive response. So uh, when we look at things like stress, it's like, you know, what's your sleep like? If people, we've got some data on uh, like circadian eating and nutritional habits and if people miss sleep, then their insulin sensitivity is impaired up to about 40%. That's a great point. I like, yeah, I'm glad um, you mentioned that. So that, 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 that's a big one. And then another one is like, we know that certain people will metabolize lipids. So like their fats, uh, that will become compromised if their body isn't oxygenated enough. So things like just giving people like deep breathing mm. for certain people with a genetic predisposition is actually a very effective way to treat things like fatty liver uh, and then cholesterol problems as well. So mm. it's, um, it's a really interesting field. A couple of my colleagues are like really in depth into this genetics and epigenetics space and it's got really good potential i wouldn't say that it's there yet for saying this is how you should live your life every single day but um you know there, there's some stuff like that so if we've got you know sleep is a big one yeah. that we know and then like there's predispositions to, like the environmental stuff and then there's like you as an individual and then there's your environment right so like what's your environment done to you so like you said we've got to play detective right so yeah uh, another one as well, uh, just like a bit of random info, but it, it's good. Like hydration is a big one as well. So if you're adequately hydrated, oh. your metabolism's 15%, um, I guess, less efficient would be the correct term. And by less efficient, we mean it requires more calories. So yep. it, from our sense, it's better. Yeah. So a less efi efficient metabolism is better. So if we can increase our metabolic rate by 15% just from being better hydrated, that that's, that's sort of really good as well. So. Um, I mean, look, it's like how long is a piece of string? You know, we're going down the rabbit hole today. But, oh, yeah. but, but, but what you said there, it's, it's very interesting, is that we, we, we can actually digest and break this all down to simplicity reasons. And, and that's what I like to do, because everything you just said then is everything that every human being knows. It's the most obvious things. It's and, and, and Yes, it, it's almost too logical. Mm. So usually when someone like a coach might be looking for answers and why is this person not getting the result they're after? And they're looking for the technical things in regard and they're training, they're tracking food, uh, they could, it could be the cardio too much, too less, or it could be the lifestyle, whatever it is. But you know, if, if, if you strip it back and think about it and go, you know what, if I, just, if I just keep these simple and basics and go back to sleeping probably, keeping a cool head, relaxing, the deep breathing, which is obviously more just learning to not stress as much. And I know that's easy to say in 2019, don't stress. But at the end of the day, I have a saying, I just go, you know what, the coolest head wins. It, mm. It's period because the, the coolest heads, more relaxed, gonna sleep more, less stress. It's just gonna get on and get with the job, and the body will just probably just come to the party. But you know, I've had clients constantly, even all this season, that are just they've only got to lose five kilo. They've got twenty weeks to do it, and they they can barely even do that. Yeah. you know what I mean. Mm. And, and 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 when you ask enough questions, at first you, you've got to build that rapport before they can actually probably open up and actually tell you deeply. Yeah, look, I've got this going on, that going on, and then it gives you answers and i think having that bond with clients i think that's uh, that is imperative oh it's massive 
and yeah. the, the the world of the online coaching again it's it's fantastic and it makes life so much easier but at times there is nothing like having a face-to-face client because you can actually you can then if you're a trainer and you're on the ball and you're really listening mm. you'll be able to identify pick up behaviors in that client that are different and then you can work out no wonder this person's not quite getting the result they're just not themselves. you know what i mean and ask mm. ask enough questions you'll find out mate, they could be struggling mentally big time they could have just oh. broke up with their partner and they don't want to you know burden the coach about it but yeah. it's, it's pretty important that they they do open up would you agree I think, uh, oh absolutely i think um when alex touched on sleep that's a massive one because it's ironic you know that you get a client that comes to you for for contest prep and they turn into a six million dollar man so that what they'll do is obviously they've still got their life in play you know they I've, had, I've had that before have you had that before? <laughs> <laughs> you watch yeah. we, 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 you we, might learn something here we, today. We these clients <laughs> <laughs> so you know their, their, their standard life is already in play you know they've got their eight hour work day they've got their their morning and afternoons um at family life or whatever all of a sudden they've got to find more time to train mm-hmm. so generally they will sacrifice sleep to do that so they're getting up at 3 a.m to get yeah. to the gym to um, get in before the kids wake up, then they, then their day starts. So they're naturally getting tighter because all of a sudden they've put this this prep or this diet phase in play as a priority. So they're sacrificing sleep to do it, but their body's getting stressed in the process and they're, they're losing sleep. So, you know, it's a catch-22 in that scenario. What a fantastic point. And I guess you can add to that as well. And, you know, let's say we're talking a, a 20-week prep. Let's just throw a number out there. And what you said there, you, you can imagine how enthusiastic that client is going to be for the first 10 weeks. And that's fine. They're getting the job done. Yep. And as the calories get low, body fat gets lower, <laughs> yeah. their needs, okay, their non-exercise activity level actually will drop. They're, yep. going, to, they're going to move less. They're yep. just going to because they're more fatigued. So at the back end of the prep, you've actually got to ask them to do more. Yep. So what do you do? You've got to get them up at 2.30? And, and this is why we're here to discuss, you know, their body's not responding because they're completely stressed. They're not sleeping properly, all of these things. So it's a catch-22. So management of time is so mm. important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is so important. You know, whether you've got to cut down your training session from an hour to half an hour, train harder, maybe you have to split it morning and afternoon. Maybe you've got to find a lunchtime session in there. Oh, well, that's great. I was just got to ask. Well, okay, we've we've identified a, a big issue with probably seventy percent of people at the moment because people of time poor, especially the poor mums out there. Oh, they've got the kids and yeah. got to do, mm-hmm. they've got to do the really early session. They're they're the, they're the hardcore ones. I mm-hmm. say, mate, they got they got a lot harder than us mums. We can just get up and go. Big time. So let let okay. Let's say how 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 can we make some suggestions for for that to, to suit these ladies and, and men that have to do the early morning sessions. You just mentioned a couple there about time, yeah. obviously, you know, working out your time and, and, and what else can you recommend, Paul well, and Alex? I think I think it also does, fall, like if they've got a, a knowledgeable coach, it does fall on the coach to obviously program their, their training to suit their availability. So yeah. if they say, look, I can only afford 30 minutes in the morning, well, you're not gonna give them a, a training session that's gonna take an hour and a half, are you? Because mm-hmm they're gonna stress about that as well. So straight away we've added to the load. So it's important that you, as a coach, manage their their training uh, load to enable them to finish, because obviously there's nothing better when you're in prep, um, you're satisfied with a a good session. Mm. I think that's important as well. Um, Alex, you wanna add? And I'd just say like, if there's ways that, um, you know, with their lifestyle, right? Like Mm. we can increase NEAT incidentally without them having to uh, necessarily take more time out of their day for that exercise Steps, right so yeah. you know it's like we'll park your car further away from the shopping center know that you got three kids with you so that's going to be you know a fair bit of energy just to get to there yep. you know like you know do things that you know are going to be more manually labor intensive day to day um still spend the same amount of time on it but just increase your time that you're actually spending on that need that'd probably be a good way because it's like 
look, they've got it really full on. They're looking after kids. They've got to take care of the household. Yep. Some may or may not have a part-time job that they're doing as well. And then they've got to try and fit, you know, their own training in and around that. And so sleeping, especially if you got like, if your body clock is secondary to that of your kids and the kids are coming in and say like 2 a.m. Then again, Which 4 a.m. Which one out of 10. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, we can't give necessarily more training, but we can say, here's the strategies. Like, show me your day. Mm. And we look at like the calendar of where they're spending their time. It's like, shit, we got nowhere to go. But what, what can we do incidentally, right? Without having to cut your calories ridiculously low, how can we increase your expenditure throughout what you're already doing so that way we can get more bang for buck in that capacity? My um, my wife and I did a YouTube video just on that very subject. Because obviously being a mum, she knows a lot about managing her time really effectively. And, and one of the scenarios she came up with was when mums go to the school to pick up their kids, they're obviously arriving 30 minutes, 45 minutes early to get a park or to mm. walk in and then wait. There's time perfect there. You rock up early, go for a wander. Mm. You know, walk around the block a couple of times, get your steps yeah. up. You know, there, there is there is available time in the day if you break it down. Mm. And, so. and to break that down, and again, boys, that's an, that's awesome. I, I really I really like that feedback. That's again, that's something that's going to help a lot of people. So you know, instead of sometimes coaches, you know, saying, "Hey, okay, you, you got an hour of cardio to do on top of your hours training." Hey, can maybe can you maybe do seven thousand steps or ten thousand steps? So you know that can break up within the minute they get up, or the minute they go to bed, they can do it in bits and pieces. Like let's say they're time poor and they've got school pickup as well. Yeah. Like you say, there could be 20 minutes there, so they could jag themselves in, I don't know, 2,000 steps. I'm just plucking numbers out here. Yeah. But at the course of the end of the day, yeah, it actually all adds up. And all these steps and all these extra calories, when you're getting trying to get your body fat to a, a low level, they they all add up over a period of time. Now, you, you're talking you're taking an extra 200 calories off um, just through NEAT. That's that's massive. That, that, that makes a huge difference over the course of, of 20 weeks. Especially when we're not having to get them up earlier. So they're yeah. still sleeping well and recovering get, well. Yeah, right? and that's it. You've got to prioritize the sleep. Like, it, it, as hard as it is to do, because you know, there's only so many hours in a day, like, you know, you got to burn significant calories when you sleep if it's quality too. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? And it's like, if we can do that for the majority of the prep, then when we get to the deeper parts, and hey, we've got to you know, pull out some stops or go to some places that are a little bit uncomfortable, then it means that all right, well, then getting up that little bit earlier, it, like in in an acute sense, isn't going to be that bad, mm. you know. But we're not having to do that chronically, which is like chronically contributing to stalls or something like that. And that's that whole, I guess, difference between acute versus chronic. You know, if we can do this stuff, we're chronically in long term. We're not compromising sleep and recovery or anything like that. So that way, you get to like say three weeks out, and it's like, look, you're going to have to get up an hour earlier. Yeah. it's only three weeks, right? Mm. That's right. Yeah, I think also if. if Look at a look at a common look at if I look at the last couple of years and break it down, I look at clients that have done exceptionally well or got an exceptional, amazing condition. You know, whether we're talking bodybuilders or female figure, I've seen a pattern and I've seen a trend. I don't know if you guys have as well. Whereas the ones that seem to be excelling and getting an amazing condition, they seem to have a good support network. They seem to be more relaxed. They seem to be more on the mature age side yeah. in the way that they mm. could probably manage life a little bit better. You see some of the young ones coming through, they're, they're, they're still trying to find the way when the going gets tough, it gets a little bit tougher for them. And that's not having a go at the youth. I'm just saying the the more elderly, the 40 plus that I work a lot with, yeah. they seem to obviously be a little bit more mental resilient. Yeah, look, you, up, look at Eric recently. Did you guys see his photos yeah. from his show? Yeah, yeah, yeah it looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. That's like the best shot, uh, condition he's looked, right? Yeah, that, and he's the bit probably the busiest the busiest guy going around. You know, I'm sure he has super crazy long days. You would know, you know him quite well. You know, you, what, have, have you have you spoken to him much about his an average day for Eric? Uh, we were talking a couple of weeks ago. It sort of comes up, but like for him, it's when he was out for the conference, he was 
five weeks out or something like that and mm. his whole thing was I'm prepping and I'm not letting it change my lifestyle yeah. so yeah, just he was just you know I'm going to park here and walk further I'll make, I'm not taking elevators I'm going to go upstairs yeah. doing things like that um, you know always carrying the groceries like up the stairs and all that kind of stuff to try and increase his need and then if his partner wanted to go out for dinner or like we were doing like sort of like dinner with the rest of the presenters and stuff it was like wherever that we wanted to go and he would just amend his orders around that it's like I guess sort of like what you're alluding to is like once people are at a point where I guess experienced exactly yeah. like, you know that, that, like it's like a sequence right like yeah. you, your first shows and stuff some people come in like like Joey had Shane right like yeah. that, that guy looked ridiculous yeah. Yeah. you know like yeah. most people shouldn't be expecting to look like that when they first biggest compete. leagues yeah. in the world yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, like your first show, it might bring out some new, new, neuroticism and stuff and you might stress a little bit. And I guess, um, and this is something I was talking with Kyle Weber about the other day, and um, it's sort of like there's an acceptable amount of stress and when you're learning something new mm. that you're allowed. But ideally, we want people progressing in a way where as they become more experienced, they can get to a point of uh, it enhancing their lifestyle and being a choice that doesn't take away from or add more stress to. Yeah. And so, you know, these, what we're seeing is like, you know, people like Eric and the more experienced guys who are coming through when it's their third or like their fourth, fifth or sixth show, they know what it's like. It's like, yep, we're just swapping back into prep mode now and they can live their life and they enjoy it. It's, they, they can really just nail it. They got that support network around them because yep. they're not shutting themselves off from the support network yeah. and stuff as well, right? That's the key, still still communicating and still being out, mm, still yeah. socializing and trying to keep things as normal as possible. And I think that's a, a good message through what you said then, Alex. And it's easier said than done, but like I say, the coolest head wins. If you can just, you, mm. you, you, we all do the training anyway. So let's be realistic. We all, training doesn't change a great deal from off season into prep. It's a little, you know, your, your intensity kind of steps it up a bit. You automatically just do. Yeah. because you have a goal with a timeline so yeah. obviously you start stepping up enthusiasm heightens doesn't it yeah, yeah. but and, and yeah that's it Paulie and, and the fact that you know like just something that there's coaches out there let, let them do the stressing yeah let, let, yeah. let them well, that's it that's what you're paying for let, isn't it? exactly yeah. right yeah. let them worry about you know whether you're going to make the show or whether you're not going to do or, or what changes should be made the client has the easy job of being able to you know what just do the dieting just, just do do whatever you set the instructions. up that's yeah. it I, I go back to when I did my first show 18 years ago I, I would rock up to a show I, I would stay in a hotel wherever I would stay I would have my tan on me I would have the, the old paint roller mm. the old contest color and I would literally roll it on myself just do like four coats myself and then I'd go backstage and I'd just grab a can of oil spray myself with a can of oil and, and, and might have to get someone to touch up my back my fellow competitors and that's how we do and then if i was traveling in the state mate, i'd have just made a backpack yeah. little backpack mate with all my tanning giving them my sleeping clothes and and just go we just do it all ourselves. Yeah. and and what do we who told us what to eat drink well we just we just did a bit of a google you know what i mean a bit of, <laughs> just a bit of a wing it you know do all the old bad stuff we used to yeah, do like, it was um cut water for two days <laughs> yeah right yeah. like uh fish and rice cakes and yeah the, 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 the quintessential thing was right it would be just clean up your food don't eat as much junk and do higher reps and do a little bit more cardio right yeah and that like here's the thing that wasn't too wrong because <laughs> with higher reps your injury risk is a little bit lower yeah doing cardio is more expenditure and if you eat less calorie dense food you, you, you yeah, eat yeah, less yeah, calories that's you know, right 
Or even go to more extreme what we used to do 18 years ago, just have zero carbs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hardcore. No wonder we were flat, mate. For yeah. some people, that's, they might like it, though. That, right? no, that's that, it. And, yeah. You know, well, hey, at the end of the day, you're in a deficit, get your lean. It does. You know it what does. I mean? But I guess that's why bodybuilders these days are coming in a lot bigger than they ever used to be. Yeah, Plus, obviously, a bit of education, a bit more powerlifting, I think, has, has a lot to answer for in the bodybuilding game. I think people's um, physiques getting better. Just touching on the same subject we were talking about then, like, you know, experienced heads will, you know, they'll always. Uh, come through well I shouldn't say always because obviously the young ones will have, have a pl- part to play but I think from my personal experience with clients um, the young ones do tend to stress a little bit more you know there's the unknown um, yeah. when they enter a prep Definitely. they don't know how they're going to feel they don't know what to expect they don't know what it's going to be like on stage you can prepare them as well as you can but then that, that level of stress will enter their system and and then you get those that are stressing about not losing effective weight or consistent weight. Mm. So they're stressing about the weight, which is impacting their stress as well. Am I going to be ready? Yeah. Am I going to oh, be ready? Oh, how many times have I been asked that question? Yeah. Your skin folds have come out for <laughs> yeah. but the weight hasn't bulged. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and that's it. Like yeah. Not celebrating the win that yeah. they should be. Like, oh, you're it's all about the number on the really scales. Well, right. mm. Oh no, it does my head in. But at the same time, I can sort of, you know, we've all been first timers. I can understand their point of view. So it's like how your mind would have been when you guys were doing that run last year, right? Oh my god. The first, you know. It's the first time you do anything, right? So, yeah. like, if I was um... just what that run, that run we, we guys we're talking about, we did a for Diane, a kid that's unfortunately going through a tough time. Hello, Diane, if you're out there listening. Yeah, through cancer. So we, uh, me and a couple of boys decided to run what twenty two kilometers on, on the beach, which sounds like only twenty two k, but it was on the work. beach. It wasn't David Hasselhoff's fault. No, yeah. on heavy sand, soft sand, waves, high tide, really bad for your joints. And we don't yeah. run. We lift. We don't Better run on the grass. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got there in time. What we had to do all in, we had we put a three hour window on yeah, it. Yeah, three hour. Well, I was going to put an extra five hundred bucks. And you, what, you made yeah, about three hours and five. You cost me five. You me five hundred bucks, yeah. by the way. Too. I got long legs, mate. Run <laughs> <as> fast. <laughs> but that was for a great cause, and I think after all that charity, I think it was you know twenty thousand or something. You guys did eighteen paid. grand. Yeah, it was yeah. eighteen grand. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, it was good. We, we saved awesome. the house. All for a great cause. Yeah, all for mm, a fantastic yeah. cause. So that, that that's still going, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's it still is. Going. Yes, it's still going. FI, absolutely. We'll, the link, we'll provide links and stuff. The link will be on yeah. on somewhere on this where, post. Where, where's what's the link? Oh, that, it's, it's the same one. It's the same one. Same one. Same yeah. one for for we the seminar that was going to happen last week. Well, we know what it is. Yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah. share it. We'll share <laughs> it. Mycallers.com.au or something like that. We'll share it. Yeah, it's all good. But um, it's like the first time you do that, right? Like how how what was your mind like when you were doing that? I was okay for the first few Ks, but as it got harder, and then then this knucklehead decided to, you know, be a hero and take off on us, even though we said we were going to do it all together. Some people in prep as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. so it it did get tougher, and then it it was two ways. So we went from Point Cartwright to Moffat Beach and returned. So we got to Moffat Beach, and I knew the return trip was going to be hard, but I didn't realise it was going to be that hard. Mm. And like the mental games that you play with. Oh my God, yeah. Well, Kai was gone. Remember his hit went like Kai three quarters was... through the first. He was yeah, gone. He was, he was Come over. on, bros, get yeah. up there. <laughs> you can't, get the fuck up here. <laughs> this is like, a, you know, a rated M <laughs> podcast here. So we can't really say, beep, we said this, beep. Yeah. You know, but it actually really said but, um, but we got to the end, it was for a great cause, but... um. But just touching on something else that I've found of recent, which it, which is huge, and it and it kind of goes against what a lot of bodybuilders would would think is obviously keto is a dirty word in in bodybuilding. For me, it's been working with so many females. Yeah. I've discovered it's been a um, 
it's been it's been a blessing, mate. It's been an absolute blessing, and I've had so many females, primarily maybe the odd one in twenty guy, not so much males, but females. I've had good, then you know you can start their prep on let's say two hundred carbs, and I've gone down to one eighty, and I've gone to like one sixty, one fifty, one forty, and I haven't lost the I haven't lost a gram. Mm. And then then I sometimes I'll I might bring calories back up and and all of a sudden switch the calories over. Let's say I, I started at 1,800 calories, for example, and I got to the point of being on, you know, 1,450 calories and I have not lost a gram. And all of a sudden, I keep the calories the same and I'll switch it straight over, put them in keto, and all of a sudden, they're, they're just, the weight just comes absolutely flying off. Have you discovered that? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have put um, um, clients on keto as well. Obviously, I've done it under you. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's got an unnecessary stigma about mm. it. Um, and I think social media has a lot of a lot of a role to play in regards to that and just just on you know when we're talking keto for for athletes too when we are talking that we still have a substantial amount of protein there so oh, totally so good, yeah you know for example a girl still might be on 120 grams of protein so they're not on their normal you we're know just around the energy source. Yeah. that's it they don't yeah. need to be as high no. however they're still a good sort of we're not going down to like five percent no. ridiculous we're know. in the bodybuilding game so it's about muscle preservation so protein's not going to change too much mm. under keto or any other uh, mm. any other diet for that matter and keto's like it's just another tool um in the tool but as, as you often allude to you know yeah. it's it's it, it, calorie deficit at the end of the day as we know is is what gets you lean mm. so whether it's under a keto diet whether it's under a high carb diet it, it, it doesn't matter obviously our job as coaches is to identify what's going to work best for the individual and run with that. Yeah. So um, to answer your question, yeah, I've had great success under keto, uh, even myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. you put me under it for four weeks. We had to. Uh, we had yeah. to to try and get my calories high because I couldn't get any any more food in yeah. without putting on weight. Yeah. And and that worked a treat. So yeah, just like just it's just a tool and it's just something that's. You know, I remember when I first started doing it about 12 months ago, and I learned it from a guy, John Gorman, a coach in America, and he, another, you know, amazing coach and very, very knowledgeable guy. Mm. And, and I hired him and done a prep under him, and he put me through keto for the last seven weeks of my prep. And usually at the last seven weeks when you're dragging your toes around, I, mate, I was that energized, it wasn't funny. Mm. I, I'm just thinking, are you serious? You know what I mean? Like, I, I probably got conditioning to about 90%, probably dropped short a little bit at the end, but irrespect I, I still felt amazing and better but one thing it didn't have a didn't have that foggy brain you know yeah. what i mean i still i still had my brain everything was still in check so but the, but the females that i've got running it currently at the moment they're the same deal man they're, their mind their minds are good the results are coming yeah. and they're getting completely shredded so they've obviously their body they've, they've come off years of you know probably crash dieting you know low carbs no carbs then then binging yeah. And they've obviously become you go very, away on holidays and you eat heaps drink heaps yep and yeah. now they're just resistant to carbs and i think um You've, um, Alex, you have the, a little bit of an explanation why, oh, to a yeah. degree, put him on the spot. Yeah, just yeah we, we were talking about this before. So yeah. um, uh, the guys were saying, just to give you a little bit of background, uh, the guys were saying that basically like there's no there's no test out there that we can see. And I was like, well, look, there is. It's just that the, the exercise physiology labs at unis tend to not, like they'll have a clinic and it might be open say one day a month or one day a fortnight or something like that. And it's not really well promoted to get to go and get these tests done, but there's a test, it's called a respiratory exchange ratio. And it basically uh, assesses the nutrient that you're oxidizing or utilizing with exercise and in both resting conditions and exercise conditions. And we see a massive degree in variation between individuals. So there'll be some people, uh, I think it's up to about 40%, right? So like we say, hey, look, if you're doing high intensity work and your heart rate's this high, 
you're going to be predominantly carbohydrate. And while that's true for like, again, averages, mm. when it comes to the individual, it's not necessarily true. So someone could be at 85% of their max heart rate and be primarily lipolytic or fat-based, right? And so uh, one of the explanations or a potential explanation for why people are responding to, you know, uh, a predominance of higher fat intake in a prep, even with calories equated, is that they're just not, oxidizing carbohydrates yeah. when they're like in their environment both for day-to-day life and for exercise so just genetic it's pretty much their yeah. genetic profile as or, so to speak or that environment right like yeah. you know have they been crash dieting have they been underslept? Yes. you mm. know you do that for say like seven years eight years it's like okay well your ability to utilize carbohydrate will become impaired to a degree right so, so that is alcohols in there yeah yeah so lifestyle aside there would be a percentage of, let's say, females, guys, who whatever that yeah, that, like, that, that is literally their their body just goes, you know what? They it just can't, it just softens up with carbs straight off the back. So there could be 25 percent of the no, population. Thirty like percent. Typically, yeah. if you look at like genetics and anything, it ends up being like you know one third. It's basically if you think about it as like um, you remember like genetics back in like uh, high school science, it was like uh, the recessive gene where you had to have two recessives in order to show that trait. So, like, for instance, if it was like I have a, my, my pinky finger is bigger than my, or my, but the example being your ring finger bigger than your index finger, right? Mm. So, in order to have that, you need two recessive, uh, you know, genomes for that. But if you've got the dominant and a recessive, then you'll show the dominant, and then you can have two dominants as well. So, it ends up being, say, like one third, one third, one third. One third of the population tends to have two dominant, mm. one third will have dominant and recessive, the other third will be, you know, two recessives from there. Well, it, well that's new to me because I did jig science. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would just say, just with the keto stuff as well, and Paulie brought up the higher protein, I used to be someone like who was like stuck in the textbooks and I was like, you can't be keto unless, you, if you got moderate protein or anything like that. And it's just not true anecdotally, like when we look at like real life human data and even even like people can be in keto and if they're, if they're a higher carb metabolizer, right? and they still include a moderate amount of carbohydrates. So like, for instance, for myself, I use carbs like no tomorrow. I, I'm real bad on low fat. I went keto for like five weeks when I got high, hypoglycemic four times. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So taking my blood and everyone, like I took photos of it and I was like 0.8 and 1.2 and stuff. People were like, man, you should be dead. And I was like, yeah, I nearly passed out before I was drinking honey. But um, I did that for like five weeks, um, had no response whatsoever, but um, uh, some people, some people are like the complete opposite, right? But when I was doing that, my keto was my, my sweet point to like you know pee and take my blood and be in ketosis. I was on like two hundred fifty grams of carbs a day and still about one hundred fifty of protein. Yeah, yeah. Right. Wow. so it's like like I was I was getting like ketogenic readings that whole time, and this is something that Luke Lehman, who I was like mucking around with the protocol with at the time was um, telling me, he was like, man, it's just not true. Like you'll see it in your blood work, you'll see it in your blood work. And so of course, that first like three weeks when I was having all these hypoglycemic attacks, I'm like, no, under under 100 grams of carbs and it was just way too much for me. Whereas as soon as I went to about 200 and because I was exercising five, six days a week and my heart rate jumps really easily. Like I can do a set of dumbbell presses and be at like the 180s um, pretty comfortably, whereas some people will be like 140 the whole resistance mm. session. They yeah, won't wow. go above that. But for me, yeah, it just turned out that that was the case. So I was someone who always believed, hey, look, you know, it's got to be like 
no more than 15% protein, no more than, you know, like a really low percentage of carbohydrate and then 70% fat, and it's just not the case. Because a lot of it's relative to your calorie intake as well. Yeah. So if, let's say you're saying two, 200 carbs each or 250 carbs, like, what, what, like if you're having, someone's having 4,000 yeah, calories. I was like, like 3,300 at the yeah. time. So, like so if you break that down, whereas if you're, if you're talking to a person that's only, let's say a lady's on 2,000 calories, well then that really, she, she could maybe, you know, I might say you better have 30 carbs. It might be able to really push her out to 50 or 60 and she probably could get into keto, no worries at all. Yeah, if it was like a female like me, like they could probably have, shit, I don't know. 110 grams of carbs or something mm, like yeah. that. If you're a real high carb, high carb utilizer, then you could probably go even higher, depending. And, and I think that the basis, that the biggest thing I've learned is that a keto, again, it's just a word. It's not yeah. like going, oh my God, I'm in keto. So I'm, I ha- if, I don't, if I'm out of keto, I'm not gonna burn fat. It's just not the fact. Mm. The fact of the matter it is, you, it's just a, you, you've, just trend, you've just taught your body to utilize fats better than carbs. That's what you have to do. So even, even if, you know, like you're, what you're saying, Alex, is that your carbs are at a lower point where they usually were and your fats have gone higher. So your body's just gone, oh, I, I just tend to use this fuel a little bit better. So yeah. a female, even if they drop in and out of keto, they, they're, they're still in a deficit for starters, so they still want to lose weight. Mm, right. at, the, at the end of the day, it's all you've done is, is over the course of a few weeks doing it, their body's just become way more effective at processing the fats other than carbs, even or, though they've got Or you're carbs. fueling what they're already better at processing, right? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, hey, they're not responding even though you've cut 50 grams of carbs out and then yeah. you put them on fats and all of a sudden they're getting this amazing result. It's like, that would have been like me pressing on with the hypoglycemia and keto mm. for the sake of it, right? Like, yeah. whereas switch back and then it was like way better. Same thing, you know, you're giving their body more of what they're better at utilizing. Mm. Yeah. And back, back to your, sorry, Paulie, back you're to your right. point you were saying before about when I threw you in keto just before you sort of started your prep because we were we were trying to get your calories up. Yeah. And, and my, let's be realistic, I couldn't get you past, what, 250 carbs before you really softened uh, up? Oh, it was a little bit higher than that. It was in was the it? 300s, but um, yeah, I, I'd start to put on weight um, well over that. So if I tried to jump from three, 300 to 350, um, you sat on your way. Yeah, it did. I, I was fluctuating in weight. Um, yeah. Couldn't figure out why. And just yeah, because you're just getting that. Even correct. The minute you'd throw it in a little bit too high, you just softened up. Yeah. Overnight, and then all of a sudden, that's when we put you in keto for a month, which you despise. I remember that. As you remember, actually, remember we went to the pub that time and we added some an event, and yeah. you was obviously you're on keto and you put obviously yeah, first. Oh my, you were yeah, pretty. I old. did. A, I did. A, I actually did a YouTube diary while I was in keto, <laughs> just sort of explaining how I felt. Yeah. I think your name might have come up yeah. a few times yeah. with a few curse yeah. words, but hey, look, it worked at the end of the day. How many pro cards do you get? Yeah, well, that's right. I <laughs> know. Oh, so. so, so the reason. The, the reason the reason behind that was it just it just sort of reset your body resets your carb sensitivity level so the point when we actually threw carbs back in after yeah. the keto where, where'd you go up to 550 there, there you go 550 and you were probably in better condition at 550 than you were at yeah i felt a lot better i had yeah. peace energy man my training went up um yeah. so we sat around 4,000 calories yeah. before we started so it was pre- like a, it was like a clog wasn't it it was always yeah. like you're putting the fuel in but there was like a blocked filter. Absolutely. And the body couldn't basically process it. It's probably an easy, easy way to describe it. So do a bit of a reset, you know what I mean? So again, the, the keto, has, it's just another tool. It is another tool. And I think, I think um, you know, the bad rap, obviously, I think social media has a role to play there, but also when you're talking keto to a lot of people that aren't, aren't educated, yep. um, they're scared of the, the fat 
they're living yeah. on fat, you yeah. know, so they hit immediately fat has a bad, as a negative connotation. We're not, talk, we're not talking KFC. No, we're not, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not having to eat yeah. to get my fat up. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I was yeah. like on KFC. Yeah. yeah, okay. Eating peanut butter out there. No, I don't enjoy a lot of fatty food, so yeah. for me, it was not that pleasant. But yeah. If you break it down and look at it, like, it took me a couple of days to get my head around it. You know, you can you can comfortably maintain three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. How high did your fat go, Paulie? I don't even remember now. 180? Well, one ninety might yeah, have been. I think yeah, it's just like two hundred yeah. mark. How are you getting in? Were you having a lot of oils in the end? I was having a lot of sausages actually, yeah. like sausages. like not not your cheap stuff from you know a supermarket, but just the gourmet, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. lamb ones or something that from yeah. a high high source of protein. Listen, so. this big spender, Alex. I oh, know, I oh, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. made sausages. Like so, sausages are sausages. I know, I know. But <laughs> they're, 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 it's, the, yeah. it's the shit off the floor in there. The block is in there. <laughs> what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? I don't know about that. Hey, don't ruin the dream. Um, but yeah, sausages, cheese, uh, mayo, eggs, Jesus, mayo, yeah, 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 you know, nuts, avocado. And, and your then, stomach was good on that? Yeah, it was fine. Like, it, it surprisingly, the, the, the meal portions were a lot smaller because yeah. obviously I had to still stay within my macros, but it sustained me for so longer. Like, um, I might only have had three meals a day plus maybe a shake. Oh, see, I struggled so see? much. Even, even like five, six weeks in, I... Once I got the hang of it and stuff, I really struggled. I'm, I'm, but that's me personally. Yeah, right? I mean that's it. But everyone's different, you know. I don't even remember being hungry um, at any stage. So, it, it, it kind of, it was fine. Like it was just a bit of a, a mess around in terms of your head going. Jesus, is this all I'm eating? You know, because mm. the, the portion size were a lot smaller than what I was used to. It's what a lot of big people at Creed is great for, because again, it doesn't. That they don't want to eat as much. It's very satiating. You know, yeah. you, you're gonna, you're not gonna be as hungry. As yeah. you wore, it's particularly if you have yeah, you know, a big carb meal. That, right? like, yeah, you have a big carb meal for breakfast or something. Big time, yeah. yeah. You know, it's going to spike your hunger, particularly before or after training. So, um, you know, on fats, I, I never found myself particularly hungry or wanting to go for a snack or, a, mm. you know, craving some rice cakes or whatever it might be. So, mm. it was a good solution to that. So, let's, let's to wrap it all up, give me what's, what's Paulie, I'll start with you. Give us. One take-home message. What's the most important message, or something you can you can give back to the viewers? What what what's one bit of advice you can advise if you're going through prep, or you're trying to do a journey now, or you're doing your own diet, or someone is doing something they're trying to, and they're just not quite getting the result? What 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 would you say would be a couple of things that they could probably look at? Look, I think I think taking a step back from being in a prep, be organized, be prepared. So, you know, um, I followed some of your, uh, I'm referring to Alex here, some of your contest prep accreditation course and some of the, oh, yeah, the slides. Yeah. So the pre-prep period. So if you are gonna enter a prep or even a dieting phase, be organized before that. Mm. So start tracking your calories a little bit more litigiously. Um, make sure that you've got the support network at home. You know, make sure that you're getting adequate sleep. Make sure your training's at an adequate level. Have all those things in place before D-Day starts and you start your 20-week or 24-week prep. Be organised. And, don't, and don't, don't start if you've got a million personal things going exactly. on. Exactly. You know, you've got other shows. Hey? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, too, yeah, too, too, too many people just forget that, lose yeah. sight of it. Right? They do. They do. You know, they, they, you're exactly right. There's another show, another season. So don't, don't go into a prep where you've got financial pressure or you're having dramas at home in terms of um, your relationship or your kids or um, if there's a really stressful situation going on at work you know there's always another opportunity to, to compete yeah good Alex what can you finish on for us I've got a few things so yeah. I think I should have prefaced this from the beginning <laughs> I, don't, I don't prep people at the moment I work with uh, predominantly general the general population who have prepped in the past and have had some negative health experience as a result of that so whether it be like low energy availability which is um, it's just basically like they were on too low a calories for too long and 
their body systems in some capacity started to shut down, whether it be hormonal, reproductive, musculoskeletal, um, skeletal bone density, that type of stuff. Um, and then athletes, both amateur and a couple of professional and then aspiring um, professional athletes as well. So my uh, foray into prep was like seven years ago for myself. I prepped a couple of people, I did pretty well. Um, everyone knew I prepped, which is my, my, my sample size is two. But they all won national titles, so... Oh, oh look at that. Strike, strike rate. Put while you're ahead, I'm, hey. I'm 100%. Two for two. I'm yeah. 100% win rate. <laughs> two, two for 22. <laughs> Not like these guys who have probably... Who do enter more people in a season than I have for my whole career. But I tend to work more with those people. So, um... Uh, I guess that's the first thing. The second thing was, I know um, Leon touched on it throughout and was, it was about like, you know, aside from people not, um, you know, not tracking, because as coaches, that's like the biggest default, right? And mm. people lose sight of the DCA, which is the da- uh, discretionary calorie allowance, right? So even if we're tracking and we're spot on, there's going to be errors up to 5 to 10% on average. And sometimes the errors, the error margin is as big as 30%, right? So, even when coaches have clients who are spot on, they often lose sight of the fact that they're not that spot on or the DCA is allowing for that mm, stuff anyway. Yeah. So, you know, having that as a default go-to at times can be lazy coaching. I'm not gonna say it's always gonna be the case, but it's, it definitely can be. Um, and I, I would say like to reinforce policing, uh, you know, like we was talking about with the organization and stuff before, that's a big one, right? Like when we're talking about, um, your uh i guess letting your 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 support network know and letting your friends and family know it's not about letting them know my brain's going to be messed up i'm going to be moody or anything like that because you're setting yourself up to be in a really in really bad shape for a whole you know long period and you're basically giving yourself a hall pass for it it's more like letting them know that i'm going to be spending a little bit more time in the gym i'm going to be spending a little bit more time watching what i eat but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be there mm. and be present and enjoying you know, life with you guys. For the majority of people and the categories that they're going into, they shouldn't be getting comp brain anyway. Like the amount of bikini girls where it's like, oh, comp brain and stuff that I'm hearing and I'm just all like fitness guys and stuff, right? And it's like, hey, like, you know, like when I was playing rugby and when I was a little bit younger and training a little bit more, I could do like lower body. You could just, as a guy, you can, like Leon and Paulie, you guys now, you can walk around at 8%. You don't feel bad. Mm. you know and that, that's like what a fitness and, and to some extent some physique guys get up now physique is getting leaner and stuff but like you shouldn't be getting comp brain from these things so um, if you know when you're communicating that message communicate it without any intention of actually having those things and then if they do happen they do but for some people even if they're getting into the really lean areas it still won't happen you know like there's some people who just have amazing preps the whole way through yeah. um, so I guess from my end it's really it's not like one piece of advice or anything like that. I would just say like, there's always other shows, right? Like I prep myself, uh, what, what are we now in 2019? This is 2012. I didn't, I went through a prep myself. I didn't prep myself. I had a coach, he was a good coach. Um, and we marked my timeline up, right? So we thought I was five weeks ahead of, no, we thought my show was five weeks later than what it actually was. So they're like, yeah, you're really well ahead for 17 weeks out. T- turns out I was 12 weeks out. Uh-huh. So then it was like, oh shit, you've got a lot of work to do. So it was like fasted cardio, calories came down, all that kind of stuff. I wasn't super bad or anything, but I guess this is why I work with people who've had low EA. I ended up having it and I got immunosuppressed anyway. A tick bit the back of my leg, I, I squeezed it, popped it out and stuff and I had an open wound and it was, um, it was like 2012, it was early 2012 after the 2011 floods in Brisbane. And we had all the like silt and all the crap in the yeah. ground. Yeah. And so everyone was getting staff 
yep. from like cuts and nicks and stuff. Anyway, I was doing a bit of outdoor group training at the time and my leg must have got some stuff in it. So I got cellulitis in my leg, in my hamstring area, ended up in hospital for two weeks. So I missed my show. And I remember my coach at the time was like, you know, like you can still get up on stage and stuff. And I like, I, I look back and I'm grateful that I had the perspective where I was like, look, it doesn't really matter. Like I got in shape. I know that I would have done well had I done it. I was, I was ready. I, I, I was, even though I started thinking I had five more weeks than I did and I was 12 weeks out thinking I was 17 weeks out. By about three weeks out, I was ready for my particular category and I was all good. So I knew I was going to do well and that was it for me at that point. You know, like I, I'd, and I wasn't going to, you know, rush back to stage or anything like that. I sort of had the experience and I might get up on stage one day or I may not. It doesn't really bother me. For me, it's more just, I want to get myself to a, a healthy point where I can you, like like enjoy life and be present with things right yeah. you know be healthy fit active and i think you know for guys that's like eight to ten percent body fat we can do that pretty comfortably right and then for women that's sort of like depending on the female that's sort of like 21 to 16 yeah. percent just you know? not having to track all day every day and no, right. sort of have a beer if we want to go down to the bright water on a saturday <laughs> we can right that's exactly right and i think i think that's my little message that uh, we haven't really sort of touched on obviously paying paying attention to detail mm. is is foremost in a diet and, re- and that could be in regarding to you know are you tracking fiber are you counting fiber mm. in your calories there's one example there you know you could have someone that's you know they're on 150 carbs and they're having 30 grams of fiber so that's technically 180 carbs ish ish mm. ish but but all these little things count so if someone's down on 100 carbs and they're not counting fiber well all these little things do matter and what, what i found at the back end of prep and and most of us are well, probably all, we're all you know given clients macros predominantly I, I have about the, the last 80 months I've changed where I've had about 50% of my clients actually get on a nutrition plan because mm. when I gave them lead way and I know you know five years ago we dumped all the plans and went down the road of macros but personally too many people are uneducated in regarding the macros so they yeah, they're nutritionally illiterate yeah, yeah. yes 100% and they're, bring, they're bringing they're, they're trusting the app and that that's one thing but you know, the app doesn't always pick up alcohol, sugars, or mm. hidden calories and oh, whatnot. Oh, there's so much corrupt data in it. Yeah. 100%. So I'm finding that now by going back bro when it comes to prep. Unfortunately, when we're talking getting bodybuilders and figure girls, whatever, down to, you know, that, you know, 5 6 7% body fat, whatever it might be, it, you, you're going to have to eliminate all these processed foods because... It, it, there's just too much room for detail and if it's an extra if someone's plateaued and they're 100 calories over for example I've just recently found out a girl was having a couple of quest bars during the day yeah. so the, the, there might be 20 grams of fiber in that but according to her there was only 5 grams of net carbs which is what the packet says yep. so if you're having two of them there's 40 grams of fiber additional you know do the math there there's 150 yeah. 160 extra calories sugar alcohol fire, yeah. so, that yeah. that's exactly it so that actually stalled her prep and i and i was scratching my head i'm going man what's going on can you please screenshot my fitness pal and send it to me and where because there's a lady online when i looked at it i'm like oh, okay that's fine there it is okay cool all right well okay oh, I'll, I'll take the blame here because um i didn't know i didn't ask the yep. questions yep. i didn't ask probably didn't ask enough detective questions but that's what I found is that when we get to the back end of prep, we're just gonna to have to, as coaches, pay a little bit more attention to detail. And if you need to go bro with a with a nutrition plan because there's no margin for error, yep. but at the back end of prep, the calories are low, you're hungry anyway. All you just wanna do is eat a meal. It doesn't yeah. matter what it's gonna be. No, you know I, I mean? would, oh, man, I would agree. Like I would say if anyone's doing bodybuilding in figure, I think, what are we saying in the seminars that we've been presenting? It's sort of like eight, eight, eight weeks out minimum, they should be on a meal plan. And mm. I would say, unless people are like, us years are doing it and yeah. like eric yeah then you're not tracking going into prep like like how, how many how many seasons do they need to have done 
and then off seasons where they're being like flexible with their macros, would you say that someone needs to have done like on merit on a merit basis before they're able to be given macros into the later stages of a prep? Three minimum. Oh, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd almost yeah. go with saying, you know what I mean? You need a few years under your belt. That's like, what we were talking about, yeah. right? Like we were yeah. saying like three to five years. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, and that that's what I found. I do have a couple of clients, uh, or several of them to be honest, that are, really onto it they mm. but they are i see them often and i've been seeing them for the last six years and i still have them today so it's better in their head they know yep. so that you know so they knew they worked it out after a few years but you know i'm still learning you know we're all still learning when Always. certain foods and realizing that these days there's so many foods out there that are that are probably hindering people's prep and yep. i reckon that's the biggest thing i'm finding now everything was spoken about and this is the last notch i'll add on it just yeah all adds up yep. mm. Anyway, guys, that'll do it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alex, for your time. Thanks, man. Paulie, thanks so much. Always a pleasure, mate. And, and your teeth look brilliant, Alex. Yours are pretty nice. Oh, though, thanks, man. Thank <laughs> you, bro. Alex got new teeth put in something. <laughs> I, got, I got three new teeth. <laughs> so nice. They're just so nice to look at. Paulie, anyway. What rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice watch. Thanks, mate. <laughs> nice Th- thanks, guys. Have a fantastic day, guys. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs>